on the back of what Cookie just said, I'm highly aware that dedication services, as much as they are a celebration, for some of us they might be a reminder of what we could have had or what we did have. So as I'm going through this, and I was about to also say, when he said being emotional, I'm probably one of the least, no, I'm not, least emotional people I know. But in terms of this, I just want to share two things, basically. Looking at Noah, long, long ago, and going to like the birth of Jesus as the nativity. Because obviously, we sang one of the carols this morning already. Christmas is coming. Most of you will have started having uh, chocolate for breakfast, which is okay for the next 19 or 20 days on Christmas when you get the big one at the end. Um, and also these last year, or the, and the year before, Lots of us have kind of been isolated or locked up. And that kind of led me to where we're going today with no, because two, three weeks ago, I got the dreaded line on the lateral flow test. So I went and got tested. Then we all got tested. And then slowly and surely, each one of our family. Now, if you don't know, I've got six, including my wife, as we go through. No more. Done. <laughs> Please. Um, if the NHS has done its job, then we'll be fine. Now... <laughs> On that, see, it's good. that's better. Now we're a little bit more relaxed. So the first day I got told I had to isolate, I was like, brilliant. I got, my wife put me in the loft. She brought food to the door. And it was, I was like a borrower coming out when she went downstairs and I could go. The next day, my son got isolated. I would rather have been isolating on my own. I love the kid, but he's got so much energy and he had no symptoms. He just tested positive. So at least I got out of one room and we were allowed into two. And then you just start thinking, I hope you all get it. And then I can just come down the house as we go through and we can all get it. So what we did was as well is to entertain the kids. This is really embarrassing. Just a quick survey. How many of you got your Christmas tree up already? It's okay because we're in December. My family only ever put it up about 10 days before Christmas when I was growing up. So in my head, that's when you do it. My wife's family put it up a bit sooner. When we were locked down, we went in November. <laughs> exactly. It's bad, that, isn't it? We got our Christmas tree up in November. And then as I was at home with my lovely family, I started to think, actually, about a family in the Bible and Noah's family and being locked in and actually being stuck in a place. And I also thought I'd do a quick survey. Does anybody know how long the flood lasted? Bit of interaction, you can shout it out if you want. If I told you the answer already this week, don't shout it out. <laughs> Two years. Sounds like an auction now, doesn't it? We're bidding for something. I was hoping some of you would say 40 days and 40 nights. Now you're joining. <laughs> so 40 days and 40 nights is how long the rain lasted. It's not how long the flood lasted. It's not how long everything beyond that lasted. So when I was looking at it, I did a bit of research. Apparently, it would take about 14,000 trees to build the ark. Wow, exactly. Now, first of all, I wouldn't even know where you'd find 14,000 trees. Some research says that actually, as he was building, a bit like the, they're doing up at Rivington now, as he was building and cutting them down, Noah might have planted some. So there was stuff there ready. Because if you think about it, by the time you're building it, the first tree might be decent by the time you've got through them all. Someone in America, as they always do, a company, they built an ark. It took over six years to build it. That's using modern tools and modern technology. 
So then you take yourself back to knowing, actually, I don't know how long it, t- it took him to build it at all. I'm not going to give you a number, but it took a company, a, a modern company, six years to do it with everything they've got. So it would have been a long time. It would have taken time. I know when I build something that my wife buys from any flat pack organization and company that I don't like looking at the instructions. Noah was told what to do and went, okay, and off he went. But he also then had to probably pass on his instructions to his lads and and the people who were helping him. So it's got to build this art for a long time. And also, one of my favorite programs is, does anybody watch I Yorkshire Farm? What? Yorkshire Shepherdess. I am, I'm, I'm hearing a lot of female, I, yeah, exactly. My wife started watching out it. This Yorkshire farmer, her and her husband have nine kids. And they all, wow, yeah. They all chip in, they all have jobs on the farm. So I can imagine Noah, when he's on the ark, telling his kids what to do. But they're also grown adults by this time when they're on there. So in terms of being locked in, does anybody have that experience? over the last two years, where you might be a little bit isolated, you might have been taken away from something. Or, alternatively, has anyone ever spent so long building something or doing something that you feel God might have asked you to do, and as you're doing it, you're going, what's the point of this? I don't get it. I don't get it. Because what I've learned over my 38 years on here, on on earth, from the people I spend time with, from just life experience, from my family is we want things instantly. And God can do things instantly. But the more I, or the older I get, and the more I learn, God's a God of time on a lot of things. So sometimes we might not see the end goal, and we might not realise what we're doing until we needed what we were doing. No, we didn't need the ark until the floods came. So all that time while he's building it, he hasn't got a clue. He knows, oh, it's going to rain, okay. But he probably didn't think about it. And now, I was at work the other day, and I, I'm a PE teacher. I work outside quite a lot. And my boss went, it's biblical today. So in terms of the terminology, we know if something's biblical, they're thinking, it's a lot. The water went over mountains. We can't imagine it now. We kind of get all cold and wet. But this was going on for 40 days and 40 nights. You might have been in that storm. You might be building something for a storm that's going to come and you don't know yet. But you might have been through the storm and thinking, when's everything going to get back to normal? Oh, what's normal anymore? I don't know what normal means, actually. But if you read through the account of, of Noah and the, um, the ark, and you start, and it goes to uh, chapter 8 in Genesis, verse 3. It says this, The water receded steadily from the earth. At the end of the 150 days, the water had gone down. And on the, seventh, on the 17th day of the seventh month, the ark came to rest on the mountains of Ararat. The waters continued to recede until the 10th month, and then on the first day of the 10th month, and the tops of the mountains became visible. Sometimes when you think the storm has finished, we've just got to settle. You've just got to wait that little bit of time. Because if we look at what Noah did, Noah built the ark, then it rained. The rain stopped started to go down. It settles and it starts to lower. Again, a lot of time, process. When you add it all up, Noah was in the ark, just being in the ark for approximately a year, 
give or take a few days, depending on who you read. Bearing in mind, he spent however many years building the thing. And sometimes we have to spend a lot longer building something than the time it's going to be tested for. But we have to make sure that what we're building is going to stand the test. Making whatever happens in whatever comes. So do you get frustrated? I've put on this. Imagine the time building plus the time on the arc. How frustrated would you get at any point? Imagine how many splinters he'll have got. Imagine how many times he will have smacked his thumb with a nail, a hammer. He might not even have had nails. You don't know. So all these things that he's put in and got time for were to save the earth at that time. What part of our lives are we in? Are we in the building phase? Are we in the storm? Are we in the settling bit? Are we in the bit where we can go, it's done for now. And you can just maybe step out of wherever it is you are in at this moment in time and then go forward and use the experiences that you've had in that time. Do you need light at this moment in time in your life? Because in the instructions that God left for Noah in chapter 6, it says about leaving a window so light could get into the ark. So whenever there was a daylight, you could have some light. And think of how dark it is when it rains here. But think of how dark it's going to be when it rains for 40 days. It will be dark. So when you've got some light, even in the... I know it's hard at the moment when we go to work, most of us, isn't it? In terms of we go to work in the dark, we spend all day at work, and then we come home in the dark. But we've got to make the most of what we can when it's daylight in whatever thing we do. Because as, as Cookie said before about being a follower or a disciple or a believer or a Christian, however you term what you think about Jesus and church. The Bible doesn't guarantee you won't experience storms. Noah took one. You could go through the Bible and find out where all these storms are, where all these things happen to people. But actually being part of a community helps so much. Being family helps so much. Now you might not have physical family either on earth or in this building. Other than the physical family I've created, literally, in this church, there's no of my physical family in church, but your family. You don't have to be blood-related to be family in this place. Now, the best way I can use to describe that, when we were locked down as part of our life group, we were kind of just giving updates and progress of where we were up to. And because... Six people takes a long time to get out of isolation. It's 10 days, but it's 10 days every two. So bless my wife, she had to stay in with most of them all the time. Me and my son, we were free first and we could get out. But we kept getting text messages. Do you need anything? Because they knew we weren't allowed out. And that meant loads to us. Not in anything else other than we knew we had people who had our back. We knew people who, need, if we needed to, would come and pick up the children at the appropriate stage when they could be free. Because one day, there was a knock on the door, and a family from our life group were there with a bag, with two tubs of soup, and some bread. It was, I was told it was lovely off my children, because me and my wife had no taste buds, so we couldn't taste it. But in terms of that, the fact that we knew that there was family, 
It supported us, it helped us, it made us get through. Because community here and family is Jesus with hands. It's people just taking that time to help. So when it says everyone's welcome up there, I love the fact that we have that there, everyone's welcome. But I read this this week as well. Not only is everyone's welcome, you're needed. Dave said, got up and said about what these two do. I know it's rude if I point and say these two, but you know what I'm on about. What these two do. But we all need to do that for each other. We can't put it all on them. So you are needed to help out. You are needed to contribute. Jesus wants us to participate in the work, not just turn up and be welcome. Because everyone is welcome. Now, if you come to my house and you're a friend of mine, I will make you a drink. I'll make you one. It's not because I'm tight, but after that, if you want one, help yourself. Because you're welcome, but you're part of what I would consider as somebody who, yeah, I trust you're going to my kitchen and make a drink, not looking through all my cupboards. Because I know some of you might do that. If we look at the times on the ark and we look at times in our life, we will go through different bits and pieces. There's times we will need light. There's times we will need hope. Imagine every time Noah, or first time when he got that raven, off you go. What's it going to do? Is it going to come back? No, I hope it does. Oh, it's come back. There you go. Raven was rubbish. Let's send a dove. Whether there's any symbolism in a dove and reading later on in the Bible, you can put your own view on that one. Sends a dove out. Dove comes back. Maybe dove was, doves look a bit cuter than a raven, don't they? It, we'll send it again. Goes back, brings back a little. Every time there's that little bit more hope. If you need hope, you need light. We're coming to Advent. We're coming from a time, and it's a good. Advent is usually, obviously, in November, going into December, going up to Christmas, the dark, cold, wet months, when actually everybody needs that light, that warmth. There's the opportunity next week to get people in to experience a little bit of hope, a little bit of light, some warmth where they can experience what it is about being part of family. Especially when families have been split up or separated for such a long period of time. It's such a good opportunity. If we think about that time of Advent and especially on a dedication service, I love dedication services primarily as well because family travel. People come together. There's things where people will travel from a distance. Obviously, when Jesus was born, the shepherds traveled, the uh, kings, magi, wise men. Again, insert your own title there. They all traveled. And Jesus was born. But we read through it and it's like, oh yeah, he was born. But he was born... At a time when there was no midwives, there was animals about, it was dirty. We imagine sometimes Jesus being this sterile, clean deity. But he came and he was born into the, the, the lowest town or village at the time, into dirt. So he knows what it is like to be us and has gone through the stuff we've gone through. If the band can make their way back up, please. I have to get my phone out for this bit. Because more so than ever, at this point, or this time in life, there's a verse 
in the Bible. That's in Isaiah. But it's kind of foretelling what Jesus is going to be. It says, from to us, a child is born. And if, you, if you've been going to church for a long time, you'll probably start getting the tune in your head as they start singing it. And the government shall be upon his shoulders. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. In John 8, 12, it says, I am the light of the world. In Matthew 12, verse 21, his name will be the hope of the world. So if we think about where life can be in a storm, in terms of imagining, this is what I do. I imagine sometimes that my life might be a little bit like Noah's life. Not as wet, granted. Not as animal-based. But there's times when there's times to build. There's times when there will be a storm. We don't have to go through it alone. Jesus will be with us. And sometimes Jesus is with us through us. Being part of it. Helping out. Doing and looking out for your neighbour. Not even in this building. Look out for your neighbour physically. Next door. Take a card home. Post it through the letterbox. If you've got kids, give them something to do for half an hour. Get out the house. Go and do that. Just get people in so they can experience it. Because we are coming up to nativity. And we're coming up to the birth of Jesus. But ultimately, when we think of the birth of Jesus, we think it's all nice, but we forget what Easter's for. Because without one, we don't get the other. And the second one is created by the purpose of the first one being here. So as the band plays and as we stand up, I just want you to think, really, what part of life might you be in? Do you need to actually, because there's one part in here, and in the story of Noah, where it says he took off the covers because the rain had stopped. And that might be the first step, taking off the covers of whatever is going on and then starting to think, right, the storm's over. Now, what do we have to do? And sometimes we just have to be patient. And if anything has gone on in the last two years, people have learned to be patient. But we have to be patient constantly. We have to need, or we need strength, we need hope, we need light, we need joy, we need faith. Not as much for us, but for the world around us. So the world around us can see that inside of us. Whenever we go to work, whenever we go to school, whatever we do, for whatever reason, there is always that. So as the band play, there's no appeal, there's no call at the end. Do we still have people praying? Are we like, yeah. (laughs) Come forward, we can be prayed for. But think, as we come up to Christmas, the purpose of Christmas. The purpose of Christmas, the advent, the birth of Jesus. People travelled and people still travel now and talk about something thousands of years later. Thank you very much.